0: Easter. Four days of outdoor adventures, work in the garage or doing stuff around the home or even in the garden. You gotta love that. Bring on the jobs and pile them up. 101 long weekend jobs ready to tackle. You could be in the outdoors, putting your four-wheel drive to the test, tearing down an internal war or maybe putting a new one up, or even repurposing an old wine barrel for an outdoor table. Whatever the task over Easter, Trojan Tools are up for the job. Trojan Tools. Quality tools at DIY prices, backed by a lifetime warranty. Available in-store or online at Bunnings Warehouse. Trojan. Tools built tough. The AFL season is underway and you can now watch every game of every round live on KO. Games of the round include Carlton versus Richmond on Thursday night. These games don't get much bigger than this and no matter where these teams are on the ladder it's always a blockbuster. On Friday night it's Collingwood versus Sydney. Speaking of big games these two do not play a bad one especially with Brody Grundy and Taylor Adams now playing for the Swans against their old mob the Pies. And on Saturday afternoon it's Essendon versus Hawthorne. The line in the sand. Gee whiz this could be a exciting two young up-and-coming teams watch live now with no ad breaks in play 4k capabilities have arrived you can now watch selected afl games in detail so clear you think you're part of the action new to KO? get on board and start your free trial today yes welcome back to dylan friends this week on the show we have a incredible man great human great person and someone that i would definitely definitely call a friend now i've actually asked him and he agreed david asprey Absolute legend. Yeah, just blessed to have a sit down with him today. It's been a long time in the making, been discussing about this pod. I've always been super intrigued on his story, obviously having some super success on field with winning three flags. But um, it's his journey before that, sort of playing against him and around that same time, having some mutual friends, hearing the – sort of development that he's been through and what he's up to now has been super, super um, inspiring and, and pretty incredible, to be honest. So, yeah, can't wait to hear his story today. Um, obviously, the footy side of it, but then working with Emma Murray from High Performance Mindfulness and um, and everything else he's doing now that he's finished up footy, working with the Hockey Roos over in Europe and um, and studying psychology as well, which is super, super, super interesting. I think he's really one of a kind, someone that's played at the elite level, and also studying in psychology is, is yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. So super, um, super excited to have him. Massive wraps on him. Hope you enjoyed the episode. And sorry, before we actually start the episode, make sure you check out the new Dill and Friends range on DillandFriends.com. We have the new We Are All Friends Here merch. is live as of Monday. Can't wait for you to check it all out. It does mean the world. Honestly, nothing gets me more up and about and um, and happier than seeing the, the DAF community rocking um, some merchandise. It, it Not only does it really support us and, and keep us going, but it also just means a world that someone's proud enough to, to wear it and, and look cool and swaggy while they do. So thank you so much, com forward slash shop. Hi fam, it's Dylan's mum, Deborah. This
1: is Dylan Friends. I was like, you can to embarrass yourself? And I was
0: like, bro, do you want me to do all seven verses? Bit arrogant, didn't know all yes. seven.
2: <laughs> I've been in a bad team for 10 years and we got a chance to do something pretty special this year. All you can do is put your hand up and say you're wrong. Banter is a way that
3: guys connect, a way that we can kind of play it safe with someone until we get to know them. I
4: try to fix people sometimes. I'm like, Dan, stop doing that. Just listen. And you stack on top of that, the habit of not taking your phone when you take your dog. It's easy.
3: They had no other way to get out of the cave and we either turn our backs on them, in which case they're going to die. Or we give this crazy idea a go.
0: Don't
4: forget to subscribe
0: and leave a review. Dave, how are you, man? Good,
3: good. Thanks for having me. Thank
0: you. Just got good back way. from Europe.
3: Got back Friday night. How yeah. was? It was really good, yeah. So it was a yeah mix of business and pleasure, so to speak. So six weeks, um, predominantly with the Hockey ruse, And then, um, yeah, got the opportunity to do the whole European summer, which is... Never available to you as an AFL footballer. No, so not awesome. when you win in premierships. Where'd you go? Work was in Holland and Spain. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, spent a lot of time down the Balkan countries of Europe and then, yeah, through Central Europe. So, you know, Czech Republic, Germany, but then south through Bosnia and Herzegovina, Montenegro,
0: Croatia, Slovenia. So, did, yeah, did a bit of moving around. You did some good, a good one. Like, I had a massive, I went to Europe as well for, for four weeks, lived there for a while. And the really embarrassing <laughs> part about when you go to like Europe. You know when you go to like Europe and you go to like Hungary or wherever you're going which we nearly crossed over each other mm. um when we we're there. But it made me realize a lot like when you go to the cities and you do like the walking tours and you're walking around imagine that in your own country. Like I thought I'm in Hungary but I'm probably walking around like Flinders Street Station right now mm. and this isn't a true reflection of what Melbourne's actually like. So you go to these places and you but you go to places that are probably never actually gone to by the locals, if so that makes sense. Well, you, you maybe you just don't even know Melbourne well enough. Yeah, I know? think that's
3: maybe, true. Maybe it's a, it's, you might do an episode as a walking tour of Melbourne so you can actually understand the city that you're in.
0: Well, that's what we get. That's exactly what happened when we got back and we've actually teed that up with, um, with someone that we're doing soon was like, I want to go when I'm in Sydney, when I'm in Melbourne, actually learn more about where I'm from because I feel like sometimes, you know, when you travel, you're in that sort of you know without being an idiot you're in that like one lusty time and you want to learn so much about everything but you don't know anything about where you're actually from yeah which i think is true about australian history which we've learned over the last sort of 10 years so i've noticed
3: that you threw in a you know that you lived in europe is There is, is that a bit <laughs> no, of a, that, that's, that's that's a bit of an eric of yours that, isn't it it's a joke yes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you technically live there a lot longer than no, I, did. I didn't i don't claim to have lived there yeah. yeah i don't think i've sat in residence for more than three or four weeks in one place. You cannot technically claim that as living. Yeah. So Yeah, it depends
0: who you ask. Um, <laughs>
3: <laughs> Favourite place? Um, probably Ljubljana in, in Slovenia. That was called... Not, not a place that I would have put on my map, but a friend of mine who lives in the Czech Republic actually lives there, been there a decade. Can yeah. we call that living that's that that might be yeah anything over four weeks yeah okay (laughs) okay, yeah so he um he'd spent a heap of time down there and he said that it was something i had to see and yeah it was it was what what is it what's it like it's a a small city the capital of of sylvania um amazing history that's one thing that i understood is like the you know the settlement of australia has been here for 10 years we've got obviously got a, a long history of first nation people but yeah you know we talk about australian history as such and we only go back a few
0: hundred years they go back a long time and that's something that we should certainly do as well yeah no it makes you you completely right when mm. you go to those places you put into context and it makes you a lot more interested in what you know we've been through which as we'll get to um, through your story has been a big part of it how are you enjoying retired life yeah it's been good I was probably more connected
3: to football than I thought I'd be I don't know whether it was my ego saying oh mate I don't need footy I can walk mm. away from it go and do other things but the footy club were brilliant and Gave me the opportunity to front up to a couple of games, have involvement at, you know, just a, you know, contractual sort of consulting level um, with the redevelopment that's happening at Punt Road. So, I remained engaged mm. in that context and, yeah, I went to a few games and, but I, I watched it and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. That looks hard. It looks so
0: hard. Yeah. 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 No, <laughs> I, I, I even go watch, I'm going to go watch a VFL grand final and um, I I love footy now watching just as a spectator especially finals footy like I actually don't really watch much footy throughout the year because it's very you get sort of into that like zone but finals footy is like it's a different Mm. game yeah I love watching you're right though you watch these players and you think "Fuck, i wasn't doing that too long ago but how can you even you know more so for you playing on big boys and being in big contests like i don't know how you, the body used to do it <laughs> yeah. and i like
3: in terms of you you look at blokes like dave monday who's played for forever Shawnee burgoyne but then yeah guys like tom hawkins and the, the jack rewalt that had the longevity in the game and it's just like they're still aching to do it you, you're a different breed
0: like they're they're tough Tough people, 100%. Mm. Um, you were up at home on the weekend. I don't want to say this. Is it Tat? Tattingum. Tattingum. So, yeah. Is that around Ballarat way?
3: It's a, yeah, about an hour the other side, yeah. so further further west. Um, it's a little sort of farming district or community that's about 30 to 40 k south of Ararat. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So I went. My mum picked me up from the airport. Um, straight in from i flew in from frankfurt to singapore singapore to melbourne then mum grabbed me um and mum was exactly what i needed actually after three months away you know i thought i was killing it but i was i was homesick i wanted mum, so she grabbed me two of my sisters played in netball grand finals and um yeah they they got the
0: job done and um yeah it was a hell of a a celebration i carried on a bit like i played Mm. take us back mate um young man living back in tatayune Tatiun. Yeah, taddy um, well yeah, were the- you a farmer like can you claim that? No, Do you claim that hard? No, I don't. Yeah. I
3: don't. Like some people you just have it in their DNA. like yeah. um, you know, I've I would not wish a summer in the sheepyards upon my worst enemy mm-hmm. and that was something that was just—it was mandatory in in the Asprey household. It's like you get out and you, you earn your keep. And Dad, he, like I wouldn't say that he's a he's an aggressive man, but the sheepyards is a hostile place, and um, I think that I've got this PTSD from that. <laughs> and you know, I never strongly associated myself as a farm boy. Like I grew up on you know hundreds of acres in Western Victoria. We were primary producers, so that was our income. That was what we did, but. I don't think dad's ever listened to a podcast, so I'm not
0: in any danger of offending him. It's just, I never claim to be a farm boy, and I never will. Yeah, oh, I'm a bit the same. I try and protect. Well, I was born in Ballarat for two years. And I'd try, <laughs> I try I, and. I, no, but I try and. Did you just holiday there for a I, couple I, of weeks? What you did No, in I'd live with West. Sam as Europe. There's a similar, similar thing. But I think everyone wants to have a little bit of that country in them. Well, everyone from the city wants to associate somewhat that you're a bit tough and you've got the country in you. But. Yeah, unfortunately, um, it definitely skipped my, my genes as well. But it's really funny. I'm not taking the piss here, but I really enjoy watching sheep get... It's very like aesthetic. Like sheep get what? Getting um, sorry, yeah, I don't know. Let's getting, let, sh- getting no, no, I'll, shaved. I'll, I'll let I'll let you find the sheared. Sheared, definitely sheared. On TikTok, it's like all in my algorithm. Always, it, I don't know. There's something like very visually pleasing about seeing a, a sheep getting sheared. <sighs> right, so it's a therapeutic <sighs> yeah, thing for something you. Therapeutic yeah, it's
3: therapeutic. You're sick. You need yeah. to go see a
0: therapist. <laughs> um, no, nah,
3: it, it, it was another thing. It was those gentlemen typically who were, that we had shearing sheep. It was, it was another hostile time really? it's like they're getting paid per head to get that job done and it needs to be a, a real finely tuned organism of work this year and shit. it looks a bit manic and a lot of the time the ones on tiktok you're thinking it's therapeutic there's, it's probably, there's probably some young dave asprey type in the corner petrified of that alright so just consider that next oh, well, time I'll I yeah, yeah, consider yeah. when I'm watching
0: fascinated over <laughs> next time <laughs> yeah sorry about that for them <laughs> um, what about footy
3: how did you first get into it what's your first memories I was, well, the Tatooine community, but like being a little bit remote, yeah. it was all I really had. And to be honest, like when I reflect on it, it was incredible and it still is today, the support that I had growing up. And they say that it takes a village to, you know, to raise a child. And, and that was certainly the case for me. But the Tatooine football netball club and in the winter, and then the Tatooine cricket and and, and tennis clubs in the summer, that was just like, that's what I lived for, Mm -hmm. you know. I got through the school week just to get through to those times
0: because it was just where everyone got together. Footy-wise, then when did that decision come? Like, without knowing the... Like, it seemed like cricket was always a part of it but like when did you decide to go down the footy route <laughs> probably when i started to realize that i wasn't going to be good enough at yeah cricket. really no uh
3: no it actually just happened to coincide with when i grew hmm. i was like a really late developer i went down when i went to to school at caulfield grammar for for two years i remember i i turned up and i was like super skinny super scrawny and my my uh, roommate was was jack siebel and he was a fully fledged man and um I'm two days older than Jack, and like he could have been mistaken to be four years older. Um, but then I guess just maturity and got the opportunity to play at a higher level of footy. And then, yeah, it was, I, I finished school when I was 17 years old and I had a year to, you know, like I wasn't going to rush into university or anything like that. So I, I went back to Ballarat and I was like, oh, well, let's give it a crack. Let's really go for it. and. Um, played for the North Ballarat Rebels at the time and, um, yeah, took it took it semi-seriously and, uh, yeah, was fortunate enough to get drafted at the end of 2009. And that was in your, 18, your top age year? Yep.
0: Yeah. What pick did you
3: get? 35. Yeah, right. I think I was, like, the pick after Max Gorn. So pleased that I was after him, you know what I mean? Like, you know how these guys oh, are just yeah. like, oh, this, this could have been, you know, geez, imagine how good... Richmond could have been if they just had a pick gone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> actually, the the worst thing is and I'm sort of throwing him under the bus, and I'm sorry that I'm doing this, Benny Griffiths. You're a good yes. man, and I love you, but <laughs> he was picked 19, and Nat Fife was picked 20. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like he's got one end of it, and I sort of I got I got fortunate on I the th- other one.
0: I think there's a lot of stars that have just been so selfish with their output for what they've done. Like mm. you know, I, I look at that as well. I think. For me, Lockie, I was a pick, two picks, I think, before Lockie Neal. And it's just like, oh this is and that was a pick 62. So it's like, you know, you've picked like 61 people before that, like fucking hell, like, (laughs) that's just not, I don't want to be associated around that, like, era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Do you look at that a bit? Do you look at your draft and do you think, oh. oh, Yeah, when I'm really upset sometimes. Do you you
3: consider yourself to be a good value
0: pick? Nah, (laughs) at 62, look, to be honest, I think at 62, Eight years, you know, good culture. I think that's a, I think that's a good I think it's a good investment yeah, for a club to do. The yeah. like, Giants kept me there for two years just to make the boys laugh, I think, yeah. which is um, you know, it's an embarrassing thing, but it's also a credit to and yourself no, man, sometimes. I'm sure you had a lot more to offer. No, nah, it than was that. good. Um firstly getting to Richmond, because back then I can imagine weren't the sort of dynasty they are today.
3: No. No, it was um but there was big change in that yeah. off season of 2009. So who was there? Like,
0: talk us through when you were first walked through the door, who were like the players you're looking at? Uh, the big dogs, Chrissy Newman, Brett Delidio,
3: yeah. um Dan Jackson had sort of really, I suppose, come of age in, yeah. in recent seasons. Was Richo still there or did he finished? No, Richo had finished. I think he maybe went to training that off season and just probably realised that they were going to be ordinary again, yeah. and then just just like no, nah, this will do me. Um, so yeah, those those sort of guys, Nathan Foley. Um, you, he's not. He never encompass the the image or identity as a big dog super humble but he was someone who i I really looked up to and they won six games the year before there was like 13 or 14 of us boys essentially who came Mm. in into the team then and um yeah there were some trying
0: times but it it was yeah really awesome to go through it with Mm. with a lot of those guys what do you what do you look back now i suppose like in in retirement there's like a lot of reflection i suppose on your whole career um and this is you know this is a real probably long-winded answer in itself but do you look back now um you wouldn't change anything but like you look back and like what would you say to that like 18 year old kid walking through the door i'm sure you learned a lot from that moment oh absolutely you're going through
3: real formative years of your life Mm. you know and you've got these role models that you that you're really looking up to and probably i think is a bit of a a pattern within the AFL is there's like too much emulation. It's I was trying to be these people that I perceived to be the best and I probably did that at the detriment of my own identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was all sorts of injuries and adversities that I dealt with and, you know, like people just go through that in life and that's okay, but I, I probably did it in a in a way that wasn't exactly in line with who I was. I just thought that I could outwork you know, and and just get through anything, never express how I felt, never actually uh, follow things through um, according to, you know, representing myself fundamentally. Um, so, that's certainly the advice that I would go through. But it took me like 10 years after that to actually mm-hmm. even understand that that was what was going on. You know, like that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to front up. I wanted to represent the Richmond Football Club and I wanted to represent my teammates as best I could. And I didn't realize that I was probably doing that at my own expense at different mm-hmm. stages.
0: Was there an element of... of um being liked over respected is that sort of where we're going or was it more just you weren't representing yourself in your true values or you worked at it later
3: there's there's a bit of both um i don't know like i think now that i i reflect on it that even the way that i was behaving was probably a little bit medieval like it was a little bit dated and Mm -hmm. it wasn't like progressive i just thought that yep that was the only way forward and i thought that it was noble and honorable and the best thing that i could do and i did really wanted to be respected by my peers and the afl community and the fans and you know i took i I took that really personally but i didn't realize that what i was actually doing was compromising myself and and really limiting my ability to give best output on field and best output to the club by probably just trying to be too perfect or trying to be too much like someone else.
0: Mm. When did you realize that? Like what was going through your head? What what moment? Yeah, So it was like a bit of a journey
3: and uh, like I, throughout the years of like 2011 to, you know, 2015 and 16, like I was just injured all the time yeah. and build up a lot of emotion and resentment. Um, you know about the way that my body was going but the way that you know selection was at different times or whatever i just i managed that in a really immature way and i didn't really understand exactly why why that was happening but uh it was probably the 2016 season was oh the end of the 2015 season um was like really really challenging me for me i fell out of favor i the footy club got the broom out they they would have loved to have traded me out you know the club was under enormous public scrutiny to get it like a big trade done and that was the time when it's just like you know the chris Yaron yep. thing was was happening and they wanted to get a pick in for me to get him in but like even even prior to that um the 2014 season i was getting a consistent game um and then in like around nine or 10 or something, around the bye, I, I dislocated my kneecap. But to that point in time, I was playing my career best footy. And I, you know, to that point in time, I was like in the mix for the Jack Dyer. So, I had the, the next off season, I trained really hard, got really fit. And I just expected that I'd be a shoe into to play. But I had this meeting and um, it was with Jack Smith, Ross Smith and dimmer at the time and like they fundamentally told me that i wasn't going to fit and i honestly think that that was a moment and it wasn't until i reflected on that recently that that had like a significant imprint on me I was like if i wasn't enough then like when am i going to be enough Mm. um and then that, that sort of evolved to this season of 2015 that was just nonsense and I was pushing blame everywhere else but really my own performance was was rubbish. Um, I got to take responsibility for that and then I started working with Emma Murray and she started helping me make sense of why I was thinking certain ways and why I had these certain feelings and fortunately for me uh, the trade you know didn't you know didn't occur. I, I came back on a a one-year deal as opposed to a you know potential four-year deal to go to brisbane and it was because i actually realized exactly why i wanted to play footy and i actually really was strongly connected to the richmond football club and then from that moment my personal identity
0: and values started to align beyond that i love that i love the part um as well that you're saying that and i think this is such a common thread not just in footy but in life in general especially young males where we think the world's against us and you mm. think that nothing's your own fault and um, you've been dealt a, a really hard card, which is which is true sometimes, but it's almost like, what can we do next? And I know I really struggled with that myself. Like I thought selection, you know, everyone hates me. The world's against me. These things are happening. Because um, throughout your career as well, you were faced with some shit that just is so weird. 20 games in like five years? What happened? Yeah. Oh, well, a list as long as your you forearm. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah,
3: it, it started like 2011, dislocated uh, kneecap, and that was a process that took way longer yeah. um, than anticipated. Got back, but I still wasn't right. Like I still wasn't performing well enough. I wasn't holding up. And then it just started to snowball, like another knee injury, um, fractured foot, um, yeah, did my knee again, um shoulder surgery and things just like started to amount, but it got to the point where I was so low on confidence mm. where I was almost relieved when I was injured. Cause it meant that I didn't have to go out there because when I was performing, I was performing, it was dog shit. My, my performance at that time. So yeah. And then there was just like other things going on. Um, you know things that like I felt like I just like I actually couldn't control. So
0: yeah, it was difficult at stages. What what happened? Well, actually, sorry. Before we get to the, to the stingray, because I'm not going to let you go without telling that story. But when you said then about um, nearly wanting to not play games, like nearly being relieved, like I I can really resonate with that. And it took me till. I finished my career to go, fucking hell, I probably shouldn't have been having those thoughts. Like that's really weird when you say it out loud, but for me or, and a lot of players and a lot of athletes out there, they will really resonate with that.
3: Yeah, a hundred percent. There was like a period of time there where I was like, I knew that I could turn up the club and work my backside off in rehab and, and just go for it in that sense. And that would be enough to get the respect of the group. But then, you're healthy and the expectation is for you to perform and perform well. Mm. And like when I was healthy, I wasn't doing that. So almost being injured was was safer for me <laughs> there for, for a period. And yeah, when you put it, put words to it, like it's a really toxic way of existence, p- p- particularly in a performance setting. So um, yeah, I can talk about it now, but I wouldn't have been able to admit it at the time. No way.
0: How did you go, Um, just out of, out of curiosity with this, because this is something I really struggled with was, i loved playing afl and this sounds really bad because i don't want it to come across as like arrogant in a way but i loved playing afl at the highest level i was like i can do this i'm here i want to play but as soon as i got dropped to vfl i would fucking hate it and that's when my anxiety would come because i think it was to what you were saying was like well i'm in the vfl now i'm a level lower i should go out and dominate but i wasn't yeah kind of thing whereas when you're playing at the highest level you're like well I'm just going to give it my absolute all out there today and no matter what happens happens.
3: Yeah, that's right. And I think it, it happens with anything that you do mm. in life really when the expectation goes up. A lot of the time you like you're vulnerable to other people's opinion, that fear of failure starts to creep in and that was something that was like it was so strong for me at that stage. I just wanted to go somewhere where I was safe and a lot mm. of the time it was in the rehab room, like just just like knowing that I could grind myself like work tirelessly and the group would be like oh you know Dave he's, luck's against him but look at him he's working hard and that was like that was almost like a box tick for me for a little bit and and then those stages in between you know rehab stints when I was I was playing it was rubbish my performance you know and I was like it was almost like oh here's another setback." and on the on the external I'd be like oh, I'm gutted I'm disappointed but like I think you know like towards the back end of that period I was like Jeez, at least I don't have to go out there and know that my performance isn't going to, like, it's not going to be up to scratch. Wow. Yeah.
0: Crazy, man. That is so, that's, I really appreciate that honesty because I can really resonate with it um, massively and I think a lot of people will that are listening. Mm. I want to get to how you overcame that, but firstly, talk us through one of the weirdest injuries we have heard in the NFL because I don't think I've heard this story before. <laughs> Port Melbourne? Port Melbourne. Yeah, there's your first, um, there's your first wrongdoing. Yeah, you've you've... Yeah.
3: You've mentioned it a couple of times yeah. now, so you're you're, you're, you're <laughs> just telling me the fucking story. Yeah, yeah, stinging for an elaboration. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was at the back end of that period. As I I mentioned, 2015 was a year in particular that was really challenging. But um, I'd had that conversation with the coaches that there was real potential for me to miss out. You know, not being the best 22, and I had all this resentment about that. But in the preseason, so it was March 2015. I got a call up for a preseason game through injury, and um, it was like, "Here we go! This is just the opportunity that I needed." So we play at North Melbourne, um, play North Melbourne at at Marvel Stadium, and um, play on Drew Petrie. Do a job, and then the first few days of the week, the narrative's like, "Oh, we might have to fit Dave in," you know, like he's, you know, we've seen what he's able to do on game day, and and that was it. I thought that I was out of the woods. I was like. Um, Yep, you know, we've, we've had a few bumps in the road, but we're back. We're back on on smooth sailing, but I'm not going to leave anything to chance. I'm going to do everything that I can. I'm going to make sure that I don't give them any reason, any opportunity to lead me out of the side. So day off Wednesday, classic, you know, day off breakfast, caught up with Shane Edwards uh, in Northcote had our feed and I probably made it really known that I was going to go do recovery, beach recovery, you know, I was probably like,
0: how do you know if someone's doing beach recovery?
3: Yeah, Yeah, because they've told you about it (laughs) 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 and I um, got in the car, drive down there and the two days leading into that, been fair downpour in Melbourne, like really wet and it was the most undesirable setting, but I just had this headstrong, like nothing to chance, I'm going to do everything I can. And I guarantee you that I have set foot in dams in Tatyoon that were cleaner than, <laughs> Port, than Port Phillip Bay on that day, but I braved it. And I was out there for 10 to 15 minutes and I was just, just about to get out doing a little bit of walking and then bang. And like when I say bang, it's not just like a moment in time. It was so, so powerful. And I remember it like threw my foot and I was like, oh, that hurts. And I lifted my foot out of the water and noticed that like it was like a puncture wound and there was like blood oozing out of it. And was it, it attached? The barb was still sort of there and I was like, oh, "Well, that can mean one thing. And I'm by myself because as I've alluded to, I'm the only one that would go and do water-based recovery at <laughs> yep. Port Phillip Bay on that day. <laughs> and I was like, what do I do? So I was okay when I was in the water because I could swim. I could start swimming to shore, but then I got to shore and I couldn't wait there. So I was like half hopping and like the Port Melbourne beach, like it's, it's not 10 meters. Like there was a fair, there's a fair stint of, stand, of sand to get to my car. So I take it on and start hopping, that's not working. And then I start crawling and like it, it eventually turned out to be like that scene out of Wolf of Wall Street where he's had too many quaaludes and he's driven his car home and just like an absolute mess getting to the car. So I climb into the car and that was, you know, I think I, in my mind I thought, oh, that's job done. But then I got to the car and I was like, oh, I'm not even close. Like I've got to do something about this. So start the car, not really sure like which geographical direction I'm heading in, but I just hit the call button on the steering wheel. And um, sure enough, it is Shane Edwards. I'd spoken to him that morning and he answers the phone and he's like, mate, and I was like, shut up, I've just been barbed by a fucking Stingray, mate. And he's, and it's like dead quiet, and I could almost like envision his face, just like his his eyes get really big when he's like something's like really perplexing, and he's just like, what? And then he's like, nah, nah, you're having me on, mate. And I was like, no, I'm serious. I'm trying to drive down Bay Street in Port Melbourne. My, my foot, it is killing me. And they're like... What you don't know about stingrays is they've got like a bit of like a mucus like toxic membrane, yeah. and the pain it is unbelievable. So I'm like trying to drive, and trying to talk through it, and I'm on the phone to someone who can't help me. I don't know why I called him. It, it just seemed like the best thing to do. Anyway, where is
4: the
0: barb at this point?
3: The barb's in my foot.
0: Whereabouts? Like just for like on the like- on
3: the inside of my left foot, like um. If you look at the highest point of the arch of yep. your foot, just back towards the heel a little bit, and it it punctured my foot uh, like two two inches or just over two inches. So it almost like went right through my foot, and I was just like, like you don't prepare for that stuff. Like you, 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 your standard first aid's not going to sort you out for that. So I've eventually called the doctor, which is the first call I should have made, and he. In, i was like oh there's a bit of traffic and i was catastrophizing the whole thing and he's just like just go into the alfred mate just get yourself to the alfred and that was to be honest i love reg but that was not, not great advice at the time i should have gone to the Etworth because i go into the alfred and um i've got a towel and i've got a spray jacket on and i like hop into emergency like park my car obnoxiously where the ambulance mm-hmm. park and takes them a fair while to see me and I'm in a fair bit of pain, eventually get into a nurse's room. And <clears throat> the the first question that I got was, uh, did you did you see the specimen that, that injured you? And I was like, do you understand how dirty the bay is? I couldn't see anything. You know, and I was like getting real hostile and she's like, so you don't know it's a stingray. And I was like, oh, look – I'm not David Attenborough, but I do understand that this is, this is sort of like <laughs> yeah. the injury that you get. And she's like, so it could have been a crab. That's what she said. And I was like, Oh, this is look, you're going to have to get some painkillers into me. You're going to have to talk to my doctor. So I started throwing the phone around and anyway, we got some, got some painkillers into me and I started to subside and I started to just see how ludicrous the circumstances I was in. And I was reluctant to call anyone else, but eventually I, uh i call or i message my i've got three sisters Mm. and um i messaged them and i was like oh look this is the circumstances it's pretty dire um i'm a bit embarrassed but you know at some point we'll see the humor in it and my youngest sister zoe it was almost like i she just got the message and next thing you know the hospital door's open and she's there and um she must have read, like, at some point we'll see the humor in it, but she must have read that as, like, almost immediately. So she walks through the door and um, the words that come out of her mouth are, oh, Davy, I'm so sorry. But the look on her face was like, this is fucking unreal. I wouldn't <laughs> miss this for the world. and And it was like you know she was like saying these things and i was like oh yeah you sort of don't really mean that but you're like i'm I'm finding this really really funny and she was exactly the person that i needed at that time and then after that you know she started to she turned it the whole like had the nurses like eating out of her hand and like the whole (laughs) circumstance actually turned into like a really funny scene there's actually a photo on my instagram that she took um around that time which is like still to this day one of my favorite photos but um yeah I've at no point elaborated in that depth of what the story was um I was actually like really ashamed of it but now I just see it's like it's as much a part of my identity as like any of the other stuff that we've spoken about. So I'm I'm glad I got to share it with you.
0: Oh, I appreciate it. I'm happy that the digging, <laughs> the, the continual digging, got that out. That is an all time story. <laughs> In all seriousness, was it how dangerous can, can that be? Because like, they're pretty bad.
2: Yeah. Isn't, like yeah. Well.
3: Yeah. Well, they've they're obviously um like it can be fatal if it goes yeah, through an organ. A different you know? place, yeah. different But yeah, they're um. Yeah, I just think in your foot, they're not going to hurt you. Yeah. Like they're not going to like. Besides the pain. Yeah, the pain is extraordinary, and as like, I've just shared, I've dislocated kneecaps, yeah. I've had substantial injuries, but like nothing even close to the pain that I felt on that day trying yeah. to drive myself to hospital. So. I think
0: it's it's that's not funny, but in in general, like <laughs> you like my sister now. <laughs> I, I, I do like I do like that story. Um, it's funny because. Well, it's not funny, actually. It, I'm trying to think of something to say that it's not funny. It's weird because when you're a footy player, or you're an athlete, you're used to getting injured, like you said. You're used to hurting your knee, you're used to hurting your shoulder, you're used to hurting all these things. Um, but when those freak accidents happen and it's like the club doctor can't help you, like you need to go to hospital, you actually get... You're like, fuck! This is different. Like, yeah. this is this is actually serious now. It's actually quite scary.
3: <laughs> well, that was the the call when when Reg answered the phone. Um, obviously, as I said, like I've got this long. Mm injury history and a lot of, like they're not all generic like some of them peculiar it's just like when did you do that you know like i've had a tree branch or tree limb fall on my hip which was another incident that evolved another sister you know like i've had all this stuff go on so i've called the club doctor on my day off and it rang for a bit yeah and he's probably looking at it and he's thinking dave Asprey. Mm, Does he need some, not understand yeah, that? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Does he not understand it's my day off too? Yeah. And then I called him, and I could almost just feel the disappointment come through. It's just like only that bloke. So probably at the end of the you know, the season in 2015, I imagine the club doctor was, you know, part of the football club keen to sweep me out yeah. because I was gonna, that was going to lighten his workload. Oh,
0: the, the amount of bills I think of what we would
4: cost us <laughs> as
0: commodities. <laughs> Look, I'm, my story is not as good as yours, but I feel cause you've shared an embarrassing injury story. I've got to share okay. one of mine. Um, I have told this early days, but I was on a day off at home. And i just moved into my new house. So, like, well, you know, the first time like really getting into cooking and just, like, being around the house, thought I was a legend. I would have been, like, maybe 25, just, like, really, you know, fresh young face, ready to attack a, a stove. And I was in a rush. I'm always in a rush, and this is something I'm still working into this day. And I was heading out, but I had to have a shower, but I was trying to cook something as well because I put this new gas top on. And for some reason, I was on the phone at the same time trying to order a um, – a mulcher in the backyard whilst having a shower like this is you know me already well enough you can imagine (laughs) this situation I'm just like getting out of the shower like wet anyway so I've just put on aftershave and I'm going to the stove and I'm like trying to light up the stove whilst on the phone and I light the stove up and it's not clicking like the fire isn't clicking so I just leave it on and the gas is just filling up like the room I'm like oh it's fucking weird I'm still on the phone waiting a bit more aftershave (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then out of the corner of my eye see some matches. And I was like, oh, instead of just turning the gas off and starting it again, I'll just get the matches and light it up. But I'm on the phone. This is before airpods, mind you. So I've got my phone up into my ear like this, on the phone, matches, after shave on my face, bend down to the thing, light it, bang, my whole face. My whole head goes up in fire. Like, I'm on fire. My face is on fire. I literally get my towel, smash it over my face. I'm like, holy fuck, what just happened? Like, in that shock, fight or flight, or fire, um, response. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, no one's home. Like, oh, my God, what just happened? And three seconds went by, and I was just like, you know, you, like, recalibrate your body. You're like, all right. Phone, wallet, keys, like skin, face, like where <laughs> am I? Ficked up the phone. Ficked up my phone. I'm like, hey, motor. mate, I'm going to have to call you back. He's like, what was that? I'm like, don't worry. Call it back. Never got the mulch yet by the way. And anyway, my face just started like the one of the worst pains I've ever had in my life. Like, I was just like, oh, my God, like that was so fucking sore. Like it was just stinging straight away and I didn't know what to do. So I went into the shower, put this like cold water on my face and I was like, oh, my God, it's a bit of relief. Like maybe I just burnt some stuff, you know, it's just hot and then I got out and it was just stinging even worse and I was like oh my god so we had two club doctors so I've done the same thing called the club doctor like and I hate worrying people and always like try and probably underplay something I was like oh doc you know accidentally like um <laughs> did this and like you know I think I'm fine but like what should I do in that circumstance he goes oh yeah just put a wet face washer over your face and I was like okay did that anyway it was just getting so much worse like nearly unbearable to the foot like I couldn't Move my face at all. Like I was like, I couldn't not come out of the water. So as I was talking to them, I was like in the shower, called the other doc. I was like, doc, look, you know, sort of just spoke to Rob, but just want to get your opinion. I just lit my face on fire. Um, (laughs) I think I'm okay. He goes, Oh, okay. You should be fine, mate. Just get the face wash and do it. He goes, just send me a photo. So I sent him a photo. He called back. He goes, get to emergency right now. And I was like. Oh, my God. Okay. So I had to drive in my car with a towel, wet towel wrapped around my head to like here. So I had like a wet towel all around my head just so I could see out of my eyes like that. Mind you, this is in the off season. So I'm driving 40 minutes, same thing, sitting in brisk. Like I've got a towel wrapped around my head with like a wet towel just so I can have it in my face. <laughs> I've got to get you the photos to show up, But my whole, all my eyebrows, eyelashes, my hairline was is already bad, but imagine
4: it. Well, it's like imagine it another three centimeters <laughs> so back. that you are most worried about at this moment. Wor- yeah, yeah,
0: I was most worried about that, and um, basically lost all my face, like all my whole skin peeled off. Lost all my like lips, everything, and they actually said a good lesson to anyone out there with burns. You've got to put cold water on it straight away. If I had to put hot water on it or anything else, I would add scarring for the rest of my life. So I lost it all.
3: And what?
0: It just took like probably three months and I had to just go to training with like no. It was in the off season. So yeah. it was like three weeks till we got back and I'd sort of got a bit of colour back and my, my, my um, wife was like, you know, girlfriend at the time was starting to draw my eyebrows and stuff back on. And I remember I was like, oh, I reckon I'll get away with it, with the boys. Like I don't have to tell the story. Oh, man, you're, as soon you... as I walked in, Mark Murphy was just like, what the fuck <laughs> is happening to your face? It was like from 20 metres away. But it would have taken me probably, I reckon, nearly six weeks to get back.
3: Mate, that is actually petrifying. Yeah. you know, I don't, what you, would you, you rather?
0: Would... I'd, rather was... the, I'd rather the fire, I reckon, than the.
3: No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't, mate. Like I, I missed a couple of games of footy, and yeah, it was embarrassing. I was laughing stuff. You for don't remember mine but was at the embarrassing. the end of the day, like, yeah. <laughs> no, no. What What I'm saying <laughs> is that, like, no, mine was like way. Like, yours is far more significant no, than mine. I, they're both definitely. Good. No, 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 well, no. Mine's no. more embarrassing. I think. What's oh, your face? Yeah, like my, mine's my mine's my foot, and I I don't even know if I've got a scar or anything yeah. like that. I wasn't vulnerable yeah. to that, and I didn't like you know I didn't paint over it with anything. I wasn't drawing eyebrows on. That's pretty confronting. <laughs> that's a good story. One up, yeah, isn't it? I do. Yeah, yeah sit down.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey, fam! Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Before we get into the rest of the show, I want to talk to you a little bit about something very, very awesome we're doing here. Um, And a little bit of a side project that's been um, in the works for a while. It's more greens golf. I hope you've heard of it. If you haven't, it's uh, found my new love of passion um, of golf, getting out there, having fun, being shit, but embracing it, playing with mates, getting into nature and um, hitting absolute slices down the fairway. Um, which I've been loving. So to launch More Greens Golf, um, you can check out the Instagram page at More Greens Golf. But to launch it on the 28th of October um, next month, we're going to be having a golf day. You'll hear so much more about this soon. It's going to be um, unbelievable. Getting the community together. And um, really, really excited. We're also going to have some vision getting up soon or some vlogs that we've been doing, getting on the course, having some fun. So please do. Make sure you check out moregreensgolf on Instagram and also moregreensgolf.com. Sign up to the email list on moregreensgolf.com to be involved in whatever's coming up on that soon. You Easter, four days of outdoor adventures, work in the garage or doing stuff around the home or even in the garden. You've got to love that. Bring on the jobs and pile them up. 101 long weekend jobs ready to tackle. You could be in the outdoors, putting your four-wheel drive to the test, tearing down an internal war or maybe putting a new one up, or even repurposing an old wine barrel for an outdoor table. Whatever the task over Easter, Trojan Tools are up for the job. Trojan Tools. Quality tools at DIY prices, backed by a lifetime warranty. Available in-store or online at Bunnings Warehouse. Trojan. Tools built tough. The AFL season is underway, and you can now watch every game of every round live on KO. Games of the round include Carlton vs Richmond on Thursday night. These games don't get much bigger than this, and no matter where these teams are on the ladder, it's always a blockbuster. On Friday night, it's Collingwood vs Sydney. Speaking of big games, these two do not play a bad one especially with Brody Grundy and Taylor Adams now playing for the Swans against their old mob the Pies and on Saturday afternoon it's Essendon versus Hawthorne the line in the sand gee whiz this could be exciting two young up and coming teams watch live now with no ad breaks in play 4k capabilities have arrived you can now watch selected AFL games in detail so clear you think you're part of the action new to KO get on board and start your free trial today so in a way it's like fair enough to have those thoughts but to break out of it and to realize, no, like I do control what I'm putting in my mind. Was that a big part?
3: Yeah, definitely. I I think retrospectively what Emma was really teaching me was the whole notion of cause and effect. Like I just sat wholeheartedly on the effect side of life. I thought that the decisions that were made that were unfavorable to me weren't my fault when the reality was my performance wasn't up to scratch and I, I had control of that. There was a great deal of stuff that I could have had a more positive output towards that I just wasn't actually putting my attention or focus on. And then, so that's that's when things started to permeate on field, 2016. I think I, I played a career high games. Mm. We finished 13th on the ladder, but I was fortunate enough to, to sign a three year deal and actually did really have a better understanding as to what my strengths were as a footballer and what I could control. Um, both physically and, but particularly mentally, I, I really started to, to
0: validate the importance of that through performance. Talk us through what changes in, in your mind in that because um, I think for me, like language is a big thing of how we talk to ourselves. You know, like you said before, like you change it from like poor me to this is fucked to going, you know what, actually, what can I do next? Mm. What were the changes that you or like the triggers you're putting in your mind throughout that season that you felt like things were shifting for you? Like, was that what it was, just having better perspective of yourself?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think... And there was, a, there was a number of people that were like super helpful to me at the time, particularly Truck Rutten and, and, and Emma Murray. And I i I'd like, I wouldn't know why I'd play a good game, you know, like sometimes you just walk out on, on the football field and I'm sure that you've had instances the same where you'd just be hoping, you'd be like, oh, geez, I, oh, I just hope that I do enough today, you know, even if I just do this, I'll, I'll come off the field relieved, like that, that'll be good for me. But and that like that is an unhelpful state of mind like that is not going to help you perform at your at your optimum so just realizing it's just like yeah you have a much greater power over like what you what you think and then as a result of that what you feel in performance and like your performance is it, it was going through the roof and um, well, I didn't go through the roof to the point where I was ever a superstar, but from like where I was and how quickly it changed was extraordinary. And I was like so proud of that. And, and then I think it was a good thing that the team went really ordinary in 2016 because you know there was a few of us that particularly in the back half of the year were playing quite well and you know the common denominator of that was that we were working with emma and we were really investing in that and i think that was the the thing that bought emma on full time at the end of or the off season of
0: 2016. it's huge how did you go from hoping to performing because i don't think i ever made that switch and a lot of people don't like it's, it's a hard one to do
3: yeah well i think what is a bit of an epidemic in particularly Australian sport is our focus is on where our shortcomings are. Actually, it's not just Australian sport, it's Australian society. You know, like what we are constantly looking at or what our attention is on is what we're not doing well. You know, what and you know, it is, it is polarizing to us, but the shift of that was just like, all right, what do you do well when you perform well? what does that look like and then you profile that a little bit deeper it's just like all right in this moment like what are you thinking all right and how do you feel around that and then you start to be able to put physical parameters in and thoughts that actually have a real substantial and sustainable impact over your performance in that
0: sense and that was that was the shift it was just like what can i do instead of what can't i Oh, it's had a massive impact on you. Like, I know you speak about Emma, um, who's you know a friend of the show. She's um, absolutely unbelievable. Actually, caught up with her yesterday and spoke a lot about about you in the end. And, and she said that you're probably one of the most early adapters of this stuff um, at Richmond at the time. Yeah. Like, do, wh- why do you think it resonated with you so much? Do you think it's just because so many of the things that you were facing at the time, and to go forward, like you're obviously studying psychology now as well, and and working with with her well to be honest like I didn't
3: I didn't have anywhere else to turn really um I felt out of favor um I felt like my body was faltering it's just like I just felt out of control and it it just came up in like a hallway conversation and Emma often reflects about this she's like when I first started coming into the club and she was at Williamstown prior to us and stuff she's like I just feel like I'd feel space and hopefully someone would come and talk to me and obviously you know she got in my line of vision and I was like Emma you know like I know you know, like I don't know enough about this stuff and I really need to have something just to to take my focus and it was myself and, and Dylan Grimes at that time who were like we took it to another level and it was probably because we were both, you know, at stages really underperforming Mm -hmm. and um, it was good, really, really, you know, prominent for us just to go through that journey together but we just started to feel safe and like I don't even need to ask you if you have ever felt unsafe on the football field because I know that like everyone at different stages who's gone through it has and I started to feel that less and less and the times that I did feel it i was able to actually arrest control over that and that was when i was like this is this is this is my bread and butter like this is the thing that's going to be the staple of my performance ongoing and i didn't allow anything to compromise
0: that how much do you find that you know when you do work on yourself like that you think that you're doing it for footy and performance but realistically you're actually doing it for your whole life in general, I think you don't you don't realise that until you probably finish footy. Like that stuff is transferable to anything.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It, it and it did start out in performance and some conversations that I've been able to share recently with the work that I've done with other athletes mm-hmm. and other you know clients. Fundamentally was yeah it starts out with that because it starts to make sense and it's a tangible thing you see your performance go you know from one level to the next and that makes you feel better but you see how it can really permeate into your personal life and for me it's you know that that was the biggest shift i I felt like i felt worthy and a lot of that i just i really felt like i was in control um and it becomes really addictive and i think the the greatest thing that i found was like once i sorted myself out i had and i felt really safe and comfortable in what i was doing i had a far more substantial ability to have a positive influence on someone else like i, I was, i actually had myself sorted so then i'd be able to identify things that i could really you know impart on someone else or the culture of the football club or, or just see things more more clearly and um, so, yeah, I thought it was for me and I thought it was for me for performance, but it was for me personally, indirectly,
0: and also for the benefit of my the culture of the place that I really love and care about. Mm. What were the biggest takeaways for you? Like I think today, and we'll get to so many, but there's, there's always something that like resonate with you early. Was there like things that you were just like, these are the two or three things that I love? Was it like visualization? Was it mindfulness? Was it what got you to that you still use consistently today have you found has been good because not everything's going to suit everyone in that space no no absolutely not and it is
3: it is a, there's a vast and expansive space and i really feel like there is something for for everyone to do it but yeah i i almost discourage people to do what I do, like I, I think that that's probably falling into the trap of you know trying to emulate what someone else does just because they look like they got this yeah their self together. That's great, yeah. I don't like I wouldn't, I wouldn't encourage people to do that. But yeah, it's certainly visualization, but also just like giving myself permission to understand what I was good at. You know, we, we come from, and we discussed it earlier. We come from like Australian tall poppy society, you know, and it's just like all oh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're good at this, but it's just like this, he's he's just not doing this well enough, you know? And that was the thing that would always catch my attention. That was the thing that my focus was constantly on. And I was never really seeing anything that I'd do well, you know, like I'd, I'd come in on Monday for a review and I'd almost be surprised.
0: If there's a positive or something. Yeah, yeah,
3: exactly. Because you're just so heavily biased towards what's negative. But just to be able to be given permission and it wasn't just Emma and that, like the shift from, 2016 to 2017 as a whole organization, you know, it, it was centered around that, and mm. just to be able to be like, yeah, you you did this well, and for me to be able to acknowledge that, I'd be like, yeah, that's that's pretty good. That's that excites me. So that certainly one, but also, yeah, visualization and just being still. I didn't realize that I was just getting up and getting out of bed every day and getting on the life of treadmill and just not stopping and not for one moment acknowledging how I felt or the thoughts that I was having, just getting through an agenda and getting to the end of the day and having like, like everything just pile up at both an emotional and, you know, mental level. And I think that just to be able to be still in that sense and just be, be like, all right, this is this is what I can control from now. Are you talking about
0: that, like, in terms of what being present? Is that... Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that's something... I, like, I've been trying to be better at that. I don't know how long that takes to do and I find myself being better at it. And this is why I love doing the podcast is because, like, for an hour and a half minimum a week, like, I'm in a conversation. But besides that, I really struggle with it still. Like, it's something that I'm just always thinking about wherever i am i'm always thinking about where i need to be and even when i'm there i'm thinking about the next thing yeah i think that it's exactly
3: the same part of the process it's just like all right well well do like what when you're at your best like what environment are you in Mm. other than the podcast room because like that's that's what your identity is or whatever something that something beyond your like your professional or you know status like what what is something in your life where you're like yeah i i
0: really feel safe and comfortable here this is good for me now i would say i've been in my garden like i love lawn mowing the lawn yeah like love doing work around the house and i feel good when i achieve shit well
3: well that's like that's something it's just like it should be an unconditional in your life yeah And, and really honor yourself with that like i don't know whether it's worth like Throwing your headphones on, but leaving your phone in the house, yeah. or, and and getting that done. I don't know. You might have acreage, so the Bluetooth might not reach that far. No, no, because <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're a no, farm boy. Well, that, that's why. I, I think know. that's actually inherent from that yeah, yeah, yeah thing out there. But yeah, well, that's something that I think that you need to like you honor yourself more because, you know, you think it's like oh that's for me, and you know i'm you know that's not really important to anyone else that's a little bit selfish i guarantee you that you will be a better dylan buckley like for other people
0: if you honor it and on yourself and represent yourself in that in that state first yeah i know I, I i suppose and to get your opinion on this as well like i think this is a dangerous thing to think but i'm probably it's really helped me stay on top of everything is like a lot of the things i do you know whether it's like to be my own best friend the way i speak to myself um and the accountability around that is really hard sometimes when you're just doing it for yourself. But when you take yourself out of it and go like, you know what, I'm actually doing this to be a better husband. I'm doing this to be a better son. I'm doing this so that when I'm with my friends and family, I'm more present. I'm doing it. You don't let, you don't want to let other people down. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it's very easy to let yourself down which i know you know you got to have more self-respect for yourself and build that into it too but i always found it's a good way to think about it yeah oh to be honest i think if there's anything that just grounds you to, to a
3: present moment mm. it is worth doing and like it's the first thing that i do every day and i also also make sure that it's like and to to get a good night's sleep it's also generally something that i do you know at the end of the day as well and when i started to have things that were a little bit ritualistic like i got actually you talk about gardening and and doing things like that when i was when i was doing a i was obviously in the midst of a, a pandemic and i was like renovating and every night i'd come home and there was dust and stuff everywhere and i'd like really struggle with that and i like found vacuuming to be like a really therapeutic Thing for me, probably like you watching Mm. watching sheep getting haircuts, you know, (laughs) things things like that. So and like I was really starting to acknowledge acknowledge it's just like doing something that's mindful is is it's something that I cannot you know like I can't compromise. I need to make sure that I do that. So I started to slip because of the pandemic. It was almost like the pandemic was an excuse for me. I don't like I've just got too much to deal with today. Rubbish because I can't deal with the things properly if i don't actually represent myself first
0: and that was yeah something that i found to be really really powerful so good before we get into what you're up to now what you're studying and how you're working um and all the incredible work you're doing now with other athletes i want to talk about the flags because we can't talk about the flag we can't not talk about the flags yeah there's so many of them it's hard to it's hard to bring them bring them all up do you have a favorite uh yeah it's certainly just the
3: euphoria of of 2017 yeah. but no it was i to be honest i i think over a, a 3 day period it's one of the I, I was just so happy for so many people around me and yeah. and i'd i'd seen so many people toil away um for such a long time and and just to watch the joy that it brought them but then also beyond the confines of the organization like to see the peaceful riding you know down Swan Street (laughs) it it was just incredible to watch and I was like you know it was something that I I reflected on when I retired because it felt like to me like an experience that I had when I was in Chicago in, in 2016 as well it's just like just the joy that it can bring some people and that's something that's just like you know, like to be able to have, you know, be a part of a team that, that did that for a number of people was just
0: so special. Mm. I think like, and you, you know, you're one of these players that I'm alluding to in this, but I think what made Richmond so special and I hate even saying it because I, you know, I don't like Richmond in terms of, you know, I don't like you because I, I'm a, I'm a Carlton, like a Carlton man in like I don't like Richmond, but I fell in love with you guys a bit just because of how, beautiful, like the role-playing and the teams and the players, like someone like Kane Lambert, even like yourself, who'd been through this adversity and come even through. Like, even like yourself? <laughs> yes, yourself. Even like yourself. You're not yourself. Yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. is that? Yeah, that's... Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that's
3: a little bit condescending, but... Um, no, no, no. I, I understand exactly what you're saying. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Yeah, the
0: Articulation isn't the best For sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, 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 That's no. a country boy in me, man. Yeah. No, just get to the point, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You've got to cut that yeah. out.
3: <laughs> no, there was... Um, yeah, I, I think... But that's that the whole like unheralded component of, yeah. of a team. But externally yeah. it's just like, oh, they've got these players that are just doing their job and it's mm. just like, Yeah, we, we were doing our job because it was
0: celebrated internally. Internally, yes. Yeah. That's what I was getting to. What what I suppose I meant by that question before I rudely um, condescended you was <laughs> that the fact that who in there do you look back now that and it is a very public team and we know the ins and outs but who did you look back and go fucking hell I just loved playing with them who was like the most important players to you it's really
3: difficult uh, to be honest there are some people that were just so fundamental and you know like I, I think what what a real danger is in in sport is that you think that you can always sort of get better than that I- identity like you, you think that you can always improve on that but um Roles that someone like Camden McIntosh and Jason Castagna played Mm. um, were just unbelievable, you know. And it's like the way that we would set up, they would like literally round out our our defense and and our patterning. And it's like no one would ever look at that and it's like there's... Very few days go by where I just like I just I feel like how good was it that we got to a point where we really celebrated that so so those guys in particular but like like Kane Lambert is now heralded for being so unheralded yeah you know yeah it's like the (laughs) most underrated players sometimes are now the most like rated that's right and and it's good to see him you know get the accolade that he deserves because yeah like what he did for us was like so sacrificial at different stages but then he got the opportunity to be rewarded and you know there was people that we didn't even realize that we had as a football club that was so valuable like Dan Butler like by his own admission he he would say that he was fortunate to even get a contract in in 2017 and then he played a huge role in in that premiership and a huge role on that day
0: and yeah, it was just because of, of a complete shift in culture crazy the other two, was there any big memories? Like I think one thing for me that I love in September, sometimes like early October, is like those nuances in games where players on the ground would know it and maybe you see it in a review or the top, the game slows down, but even the public at the game, they wouldn't know it. Does anything stand out to you in any of those games where you look back and go, fuck, I just wish that was a bit more like celebrated publicly. Yeah, highlighted." Uh, yeah, there's actually a couple of like really, really
3: big ones. Um, and they were, it was Shane Edwards. I love um, Shane Edwards. And he's, well, he's played 300 games and, yeah. and played in three premierships. So, like, he, he's another one you can't call unheralded. But <laughs> he's, he's noted for his, his hands in traffic and, you know, his, his footy IQ and stuff. But he did a couple of really really tough things in the 2019 mm-hmm. grand final in particular and i just happened to be within you know we were, didn't play in positions where we'd cross over a lot and i just like witnessed it happen and i was like oh, i can't wait to talk about that later yeah. i can't wait <laughs> yeah. i just honestly <laughs> what can't was wait. It? do you remember exactly yeah he, he like laid this huge hit actually it's on the two blokes that are now coming to richmond yeah one on hopper and one on on taranto really? yeah. yeah um Provided those deals got to um, go through and, uh, you know, there's there's a duty of care from both clubs and all that sort of stuff. (laughs) But, you know, those two guys. And, um, yeah, they were just like, yeah, that he was, he did something on that day that really stuck with me. Yeah, particularly in that game. And and 2020, it just feels like a a weird blur. It was just a strange game. Yeah.
0: Does that feel... Strange, like, as in, does it feel like? Because that was in at the Gabba, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, but like
3: uh, the whole it's weekend, it was
0: so wet. Yeah, like we barely left the, the hotel,
3: and then it sort of fined up for the for the grand final, and then it just felt like this real whirlwind and stuff. And then half time, we're like, oh, we're sort of up against it here, boys. Like, we sort of really need to hone in. Oh, I thought you long were going to win. Thanks, mate. Yeah. Uh, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> you've, already,
0: you've already stated that you hate us. Yeah, I, 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 didn't, you know, so I didn't mean I, I hate, like as in romantically, Yeah, I was born to probably hate you. Or, or it'd be inherent as a cult. And Buckley. a Ballarat.
3: Yeah, a oh, Ballarat. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there was... Yeah, it was just a different... different. Bo- yeah, I, mm. I thought at different stages were up against
0: it too, but um, yeah, there's there's a few people that, that carried us home. <laughs> yep. How have you found um, watching this year? Where do you think the team's at? Because it's a different club now really, isn't it? Like a lot of um, the players maybe that were with you through that period of which were not being as, no, I don't say inclusive, but as like progressive or around that like mindset of the game and being, a, you know, if you, if you play well, you can have fun, but if you don't, you can't celebrate. That culture seems to be nearly gone for the young guys coming through, so it's like a different sort of club. Yeah, obviously, I'm not subject to the ins and outs of the day to day protocols or
3: processes, but yeah, I still think that there'd be a lot of stuff that they'd be they'd be keeping alive. Um, but yeah, there's there's obviously like naturally in in AFL, there's a shift in demographic every year. Mm. There's there's teams that challenge you with different playing styles, so you've got to keep evolving and you can't survive forever but um yeah i it's funny because watching the game is just like i wasn't all that hung up on result but i have obviously so aware of the emotional roller coaster that football can be um and like the the results would go against the boys and i wouldn't be like oh geez that's four points that we probably couldn't give up or whatever i'd just be like oh god i hope they're okay <laughs> just, I, I honestly hope that you know they're not too down on themselves and they're not you know really feeling you know that emotional element of, of football because it can be overwhelming and you know there's you, they're playing in you know arguably the biggest sporting club in australia there's there's going to be criticism so um that was the way that i felt to be like one of the biggest shifts in football was. if i was playing i'd be dirty that we didn't win the game and the results were going away whereas now it's just like i'm so connected to them as people i just, I just hope they're okay I, I didn't look at the ladder i didn't i didn't do any of that so um yeah i, I think i went okay watching it in short.
0: It's interesting, isn't it, in like high-pressure environments, in elite sport or in business or anything, how much once you're out of that for a little bit, you think, Jesus, how did we, how did we worry about this trivialness of... of- manning a mark or like you, you, sometimes you'd have meetings that go for 30 minutes about like corralling to the boundary you've been clipped on a couple of yeah, you have a, a couple of yeah, times yeah, step, so, yeah. just shorter steps and, <laughs> and i think that i look like i far out like i wish i had a bit more of the perspective that sounded like you had when you're finishing up to go like you know there's things that are important but there's things that are more important yeah absolutely well you, you become so in tuned of result like we're we're
3: so outcome oriented yeah. um that that, that's going to be natural you know every week it's just like do you win or you do do you lose you've got a a ranking that you sit on the ladder and that's fundamentally what you're working to try and you know to better each and every week so it's it, it is really easy to get hung up on it when you're in it and yeah when I was removed from it I was yeah it was it was a completely different perspective like I still want the Tigers to win it's just like I want the Tigers to never lose again you know but you know, I'm also a realist and I understand that that's impossible to do. Um, but yeah, I was just or just connected to the boys as best I could and just be like, you know,
0: I just hope you're doing okay. Mm. Before we move on from um, footy, do you have any memories of your favourite players to play on or hardest opponents or even just maybe your bunny? Who did you love playing on that you just, you just dominated? Oh, I never <laughs> had a bunny. No, <laughs> no I got... Thrown the keys to a few tough jobs. Big
3: boys. Um, And I've got enormous respect for for those guys. And I I mentioned, you know, Tommy Hawkins before. And, you know, I I take my hat off to Tommy. You know, he's um, what should be his twilight, but he's sort of, you know, he's real fine wine. Capital Australian. Like, that's just absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's irresponsible. Um, But, yeah, I think... uh, an opponent that I really probably got along with and was okay with playing and almost okay with him kicking a bag on me was Josh Kennedy. And he's just such a good bloke. Yeah. And like I would have games where I felt like I couldn't do any anything else and I'd give it everything. And I, like, I honestly think I played one of the best games of my career on him and he still kicked four. And like it, it, he'd kick him from anywhere. You'd just give him... You know just a slight opportunity and he'd torture. and you get to the end of the game and like you know you're like i i I really gave it everything i got and he kicked four and like he'd be super humble and you you know he'd be like geez we went to war today and i'm like yeah yeah yeah," but you're gonna get the chocolates And i'm upset (laughs) about that but you know like i do really admire him and i i there was there was a time where you had to get back in the square by the clock or whatever, yeah. and every time we'd sort of like jog back, and we just like would joke about how trivial that was, and I like I, I really started to enjoy it. Like we'd we'd compete, you know, as 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 best we could, but like I, I just had an enormous amount of respect for him and like, just a, a great man and what an incredible career. So
0: incredible, um, yeah. I love Josh Kenny. I've never played on him, obviously, but there was <laughs> a a really funny week I remember. um and I don't know why I know this so much about him but it was because like, we are coming up and playing West Coast I probably wasn't even playing in the game but I just remember the whole week was about Josh Kennedy it mm-hmm. was like how to beat Josh Kennedy because in his game correct me if I'm wrong but he plays a, a very simple game in terms of he runs back and he hits back up at the leader and in theory that's very hard uh, like it's quite easy to you know if you know oh, you that you think it's easy you to think defend, it's do easy you don't. Know, so, that's, no no, that's, no you, it's not easy
4: you think oh, that's mate. easy
0: I remember like Sam Rowe got the job one week we're like Rowie. Well, you know we know what he does life boys the midfielders are gonna be low on their eyes we're got to get your plane behind because you know you gotta bumper him not let him hit up at the footy i reckon he kicked about 12. <laughs> and like the whole team knew what he was gonna do and just couldn't stop him yeah like he just he just obviously at that time as well being a good team they just had such good flow and they knew exactly what he was gonna do like they'd kick the ball to him before he'd even hit back up at the ball yeah oh, he, to be he was part of a, a very good outfit
3: there for a long time and I love that you make it sound like it's really easy to do. He only kick like seven hundred and twenty goals no, no. or something, but um, <laughs> it's not easy to do. It's not easy to do. But, but yeah, I, I, and I think in that theory, it was easy. in theory, I, yeah. I understand what you're trying to say, and it's it's almost like you know Tim Duncan from the NBA is like the big fundamental. He does the basic things really well. Yeah. Josh Kennedy would be someone that's just like these are my strengths. Like I, I don't go beyond that, but you know I'm going to kick bags.
0: Yeah, start. Yeah. Um, finishing up, was that a surprise to a lot of... Like, it was a surprise to me that you were, were going to finish? Yeah. Well, Did, was it to a lot of people? Like, I'm sure it was.
3: There was a bit of a narrative yeah. that it might have been a little bit, um, you know, premature. But I think that's probably the way that I wanted it to be. Yeah. And a number of elements fed into that. I... As I, I said, like I was a realist about where I was at. Like some people can slide for like four or five years and their output's still awesome. So like I didn't have that luxury. And athleticism is an enormous part of the game and I haven't been naturally blessed with a great deal of athleticism. Um, but I think the biggest thing, the, the, like the most overwhelming feeling and, and what I had... When I retired was it like my relationship with the Richmond Football Club was was so great and I wasn't probably searching for anything in particular at that stage of my career I was very curious about what the next phase of life would look like for me and I just really didn't want to do anything that could compromise my relationship because I have seen it happen with players yeah. where You know they they play on uh, for years it could be deemed to be too long and it you know they fall out of favor and they have a bit of a a sour taste about you know the the way that they finished and it's like i I just didn't i just didn't want to have that you know and also i wasn't walking away from multi-million dollar deals you know as well so
4: the
0: rest of the world didn't (laughs) didn't daunt me as much as it might for some yeah it's not what we heard um that's it it is very admirable though i think like uh, again i not many people get to even finish on their own terms to do that. Um, and as always, I think Matty Lloyd was says this publicly, like, you always want to leave on top of your game because you don't want them to be like, oh, probably like... Not that you, that was your circumstance, but you don't want people to think, geez, they could have gone longer. I know exactly what you're saying. Like, I've seen it happen a lot in, in footy.
3: Yeah. I, I, I just felt when I, when I boiled down the things that were really important to mm-hmm. me and um, at that point in my life, it, it was... It was overwhelming that i i was prepared i was i was ready yeah. and that was the best thing for me so as much as like oh yeah there are notions of being a long time retired and um you know you you want to get the most out of it because you're you know th- those sort of you know you hear those hallmarks of certain people but it was something that just
0: didn't apply to me i think it's a um a credit to yourself more so that you gave yourself the opportunity to even do it the fact that like you had engagements off field you had a passion that you wanted to follow like when did you start studying was it when you finished or were you doing it towards the last couple of years
3: yeah it was it was a real shift no i was like i've been studying for for a long time yeah um, in
0: psychology or just no, transitioning uh, into different not, things yeah right.
3: when i was as i alluded to earlier i was doing things that i probably thought i should be doing or what i was encouraged to do and Probably, you know, making sure that I was just like, oh, this is what other people think. Was was it property development? Good at math and science. No, I was studying civil engineering and commerce. Um, So, that was my first tertiary experience. Wow. And and then I went into business for a long time. I was actually studying. uh, I was doing an MBA in 2019, 2020. And then when the whole hub You know thing happened i was doing a subject but i was i was injured at the time i'd had knee surgery actually multiple knee surgeries that year and we were compromised um when it come came to resource and and emma wasn't able to get in the hub initially so being injured i took on the responsibility of that and just realized that it was something that i really enjoyed and that was that presented as a real opportunity for me and, um, yeah, we, I started to get feedback that was like, yeah, you're, you know, you're, you're good at this. And I was like really enjoying it. And then it, it led to more discussion with Emma and I was like, oh, I am really interested in the science behind it. I'm interested in the theory and, uh, I, I didn't need to do it as such but i wanted to do something to make me more credentialed in the space because it became super apparent to me that that was the industry
0: that i wanted to lean into that's unbelievable so when you were still playing you took over that role of like the high performance mindfulness yeah yeah and Uh, what were you just like working with emma sort of as it was going and just like checking in and stuff well it's funny because emma was
3: living in Cabarita, like right, right on the border but couldn't get into the hub so wow she's Seemed like just down the road, and I'd talk to her every day, and we'd sort of debrief games and and whatnot, and I'd you know give her feedback, and she'd give me guidance, and it, and it became like this real collaborative thing, and I was just as excited about that as I was to getting back to performing, and and once I established that feeling, and I was aware of that, I was like, I need to invest in this more, you know, and and Emma is someone who's just like she's an absolute pleasure to work with, so. To be able to have that, you know, connection and know, like, I've got no doubt in my mind, she's like best, one of the best mindset coaches on the globe. And for, for her to invest that time in me, I
0: was just like, this is something that I'm just loving. So, was- hands down. Yeah, she's absolutely incredible. Um, we've had her on the show a couple of times. For those people who haven't noted, we'll have in the show notes, those episodes. That, I can't believe that, though. Like, to have a player that's injured running these sessions is is immense. Like, that's huge. So that's that. I think that speaks volumes. Before about like why you were so ready and so comfortable to make that next trend because you had something that you were so passionate about and found a purpose in something else.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And uh, yeah, I I agree. It, I don't know. People are probably listening if we haven't lost all our listeners by this point. But the um, and and being like, oh, it's probably irresponsible of a football club to have a player doing that role. Mm. But I yeah, I was really trusted to be able to take that on at different stages. And yeah, they, they knew that I had, like I wasn't just some cowboy coming in and just thinking that I knew what I was doing. I was having these conversations with Emma and planning things and um, yeah, it was something I loved. But throughout, yeah, particularly those last years of my career, the, the club really gave players the opportunity to, to really invest in spaces or departments of, of the, the football department that were important to them. And that was the one that, that was important
0: to me that's huge the the finish at at the tag so you obviously retired and we um for those who haven't you know i watched your speech it was it was really emotional um you know i could see how much that place means to you not just a place but the people after the dust settles and and you leave and i suppose you're lucky enough to work a little bit with the club this year like was there a period of time where there was something missing or were you Pretty good that you'd found that next route, and you're already engaged in new teams. You're already working with more athletes. Has it been pretty smooth in that sense? Yeah, it's interesting because I thought I
3: was like, I've, I've played professional sport for twelve years. Maybe I'll just take the foot off the pedal for a little bit. And I was, I was out of Melbourne. I was up in the Northern Rivers, and you know, trying to invest in this lifestyle that was a little bit slower. And uh, once I knew that I wasn't going back to training and it, and it took all of two weeks to, to really have that, that feeling set in like I just needed something to do you know and that was probably at the time where my probably from Emma's perspective our relationship might have been tested because I was probably hounding her about about opportunity and um, yeah so like a, a drastic change like that is always going to come at a cost there's going to be something where you feel compromised in some setting and mm there wasn't a date for me to work towards there wasn't the the return of pre-season and a lot of the time it's a date that you hate as an afl footballer to come back to training or a date that you dread because it typically has time trials and skim folds and, and things like that but just to not have that was something that i found enormously challenging and as i i spoke to earlier i probably had 24 months or you know around two years where i probably knew that that was going to be the time that I was retired and I put everything in line logistically to be able to you know prepare for that but there as I said it, it comes at some cost so at different stages I did feel a bit displaced I did feel mm. like I wasn't fulfilling a purpose that you know added value to my life so yeah it's, it's going to challenge everyone you know and I was like really honest about that and I had opportunities to go through these great therapeutic processes, and it was like talking to Emma, talking to my own personal psychologist, Sarah, who I, you know, who's like a treasure to my life. Yeah. I got the opportunity to to host a, a podcast episode in a se- in a season that Emma did, and and I had some conversations around the 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 notion of retirement and what that meant for people, and um just just to be able to give myself a platform to be able to express around
0: that was something that was really helpful. How important was that? challenge for you though like in terms of i think one thing that emma's really big on um and anyone's big on in this space in growth is like being comfortable uh, getting uncomfortable so like being uncomfortable that's when the growth actually comes like when you were sitting there doing something new it's not nothing's going to come from being from being easy like we talk a lot about career change here and doing things you want to do it's not going to be a smooth process yeah yeah well, i think emma knew um as much as it was a
3: decision that i made to get out of the city and you know, to experience a different way of life, essentially. Um, I think before that all happened, Emma knew that that was something that was I was going to find really hard. So, you know, she probably wasn't surprised when early in the new year, I just wanted to come back and I wanted to do work with her and I wanted to have things to build towards and I wanted to have dates and agendas and routines. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and I, and I did miss that feeling of something challenging me. And, yeah, it is something that... I'm not sure whether it's was ingrained in me when I was young or whether it was just the AFL industry, but it was, it's something that it, it like, it's a part of me now. It's in my DNA. To just keep moving forward, like progress. For, for sure. Yeah. And, and not to lay stagnant, Stagnant. I, I think if I'm not personally or professionally developing, like I'm going to get agitated, I'm going to get frustrated. Um, and I, I actually had like a significant moment about this and, and had a lot of conversation around it. Like just before I, I went overseas, I was ticking off two subjects in a trimester period, so it's like 0.75 study, it's a it's it's enough. And um and then I was taking on a lot of work with with Emma with HPM and yep. and I I wanted that. But because I was I felt like I was rolling out the same content to a number of people, but the reality is they hadn't heard it. But I wasn't evolving in that space, and I probably wasn't. I wasn't flourishing, you know, in my growth, in my in my development, in my in my study. I got really uneasy at that stage. I was like, "This is not how I need to do things." So that was a, a real learning. I wasn't feeling like I was growing. So, mm. um, yeah, that that was a, a really key learning for me that I've had since
0: retiring. What's your biggest learning out of your first year out? Yeah.
3: yeah, I I think. I don't really know how to probably say it, but my I have got space in my life, and that wasn't like really by design. Uh, That's probably by chance. But I don't have a partner. I don't have any dependents. So I don't have any children. And um, I've got an opportunity to be able to progress myself and to be able to you know I've probably got more time than than people that are you know that have those things in their life. But even if I don't. Sorry, even if I don't have that as as much space, if I don't have, uh, if I do have kids and things like that, I need to make sure that I honor myself in that sense to be able to grow. Even even if it means that I take on less work, even if it means that um, you know other parts of my life, you know, have to take a back seat. If I'm not growing and if I don't have that room, just to be able to feel like I'm I'm moving forward. Mm Then are like I, I won't really be I, I couldn't won't even be close to the best David Asprey I, and I won't be the best
0: David Asprey not just for me but for the people that I care about in my life it's really interesting I don't know if this is on the same page we had a conversation with someone the other day about where we're at and like being able to nearly recalibrate like recalibrate what we're thinking what our goals are what our vision is and where we want to go because it sounds like you've done this already but for me um I've, I need to do this again because I've made these goals somewhat that were two or three years ago and that was the person I was then. And then I look at it and I go, fuck, I've actually achieved all those goals. but They're probably not who I am now. And you need to recalibrate w- who you are now and what your next goals are. Otherwise you end up just living a life of a dream that we made when we were 18. And we think, fuck, well, I've got the car I wanted when I was 18. I've, I'm living where I wanted to live when I was 18. I'm working the job I wanted to work when I was 18, but now I'm 30. It's actually not what I want to do anymore. Well, yeah, I think that we've been in
3: this state of flux for a long time now and it has, you know, rightly or wrongly led to a lot of change in a lot of people's mm. life. But, yeah, there's, there's always going to be priorities that, that shift and like evolution in life. And it, I reckon that it's all it's all cognitive. Like it's all, it's all feeling. So, like if you're not feeling like... Oh, you know that that, that you've got something to aspire to or there's like an element of your life that you're not growing in that you wish that you were that is something that you will need to address Mm. that's I I feel strongly about that if I was if I was feeling that that is something that would significantly challenge me so yeah and that was
0: probably to give context of that when I did that exercise it was like towards my end of my career i was like oh well i want, always wanted to be a footballer i always wanted to do this and then i got there and i was like do i actually want this anymore and found a new life that you can still be happy with so it's probably more of a a message to anyone that is feeling that at the moment to think like you don't have to live the same dream your whole life you're going to adapt as a person there's new avenues you can go down that you have interest in hmm. but i think it's also really important to,
3: to make sure it's like i've actually really evolved as a, as a person i've got a business that's like exactly what I wanted to do and you need to reflect on the journey that got you there and and be really proud of that like entitle yourself to a little bit of an opportunity to do that because a lot of people fall short of that they're just like constantly like yeah I've got to get better at this and I've got to be like if yeah make sure that you (laughs) give yourself an opportunity to be (laughs) like yeah I I have got that car and I, I do have that job and that's that's really great and yeah nourish other aspects of your life but also like be really proud of that
0: yeah no i couldn't agree more i love it emma funnily enough said the same thing yesterday which isn't um isn't a shock but it was around the notion as well of like an idea of success you, you do and i think maybe it is an athlete thing anyone who's been an athlete and again not using my language i think ben Crozer, like an athlete isn't just someone who is playing footy it's a business in life anyone can be you know an athlete um you always just keep thinking what's next what's next what's next without taking note of where you are and i think for me it's been the first year i've been like you know what i'm pretty fucking happy with what's going on right now like i could i don't think we need to grow anymore or do anything else i'm just really happy with what's where i am yeah and i but i, th- I think you should be i think that's a great place to mm. sit in yeah mm-hmm. um for you day to day at the moment what's what's it looking like like how how busy how um engaged like what's what's happening like what teams you're working with how much you're presenting and how much do you want to um going to keep going in that field
3: yeah so um
0: i as i said just got back from europe on friday night and, and just sorry on that what were you doing working with the team over there like as you were saying high performance mindfulness is that what you're doing with the, the hockey hockey team
3: yeah that's that's yeah.
0: exactly how it started yeah it, that was
3: something that evolved the more time that i spent there um but yeah i, I got yeah the opportunity to work with the hockey roos through their the world cup campaign in um in holland and in in spain and yeah it was it was a brilliant experience it was so much more than what i anticipated and i was trusted with you know a great deal more than what i expected as well so i thought that it was just going to be run some group sessions around you know take some workshops around like understanding like what's happening at what times and and giving strategies to be able to implement in game in those performance moments to be able to help them work through it and to be honest, just give them you know optimal performance and it's all the stuff that I've learned at the school as the first student of the the school of Emma <laughs> Murray um, and like yeah it was it was a brilliant experience but then you know we forget like how spoilt you are in the AFL there are so there are just people everywhere you know there are just coaches and you know there's administrators and there's like it's this massive organism but this is these this team these girls they're like they're they've got a couple of coaches and a couple of managers and you know there's the staff there was just only a handful we'd sit at a whole staff meeting we'd sit around a little table you know and um, before I knew it I was starting to chair leadership meetings and you know, be a part of like coaches' meetings, but and I was I was taking a number of one-on-one, you know, consults with mm. with the athletes, and yeah, I was a little bit uneasy about how much work that would be, the, how much uptake I'd have at the beginning of the of the campaign. I could really want to engage if it like yeah, yeah. and just like oh, if, you know, they and everyone does. They see Emma as like this colossal figure and she is and and rightly so and like here's here's the steak knives that got thrown into the into the circumstances here's here's dave M can't go to europe but here's this bloke <laughs> who you know he's just retired he's like like under credentialed yeah. you know he hasn't actually experienced it like emma has he's you know he's obviously applied the work in performance moments but you know you know you can have him if you want i think you know, you're underselling yourself <laughs> but but that, that's sure what it was are. like really yeah. and then all of a sudden like by the time i got from you know we were in holland for a week and then there was a couple of days in spain i'd seen every athlete wow uh, one-on-one and i was in absolute shock and Yeah, just to be there throughout, like, a pretty significant campaign and just to, like, work through a lot of games. Like, uh, upon reflection, they only lost one game. Like, they were a bit of an unknown. They weren't really sure how they were going to fare. They obviously hadn't played a great deal of international hockey. They were the second youngest team in the World Cup only by, you know, like, a couple of months, really. And... um, yeah, they they lost one game to the Dutch, who just don't really lose much. You yeah. know, they, I don't think they'd lost an international game since two thousand and eighteen or something. So it was it was an overwhelmingly you know glowing result, awesome, and man. it was it was validating for the work. And they're a group that like I I feel really connected with, and um, I was so stoked to see. The growth at an individual but also at a group level and they started to really apply a lot of the language and and their own knowledge and they really wanted to take it forward and i had some like real moments throughout the tournament where i was i was just really proud like i felt like i was part of an environment that you know the work was worthy and um yeah it was just a, a really good culture shift it was it was brilliant
0: but you've been in this situation as a player but now as like a consultant in that space would you call yourself that? Yeah. Consultant. What do you think's the biggest shift? And this is for anyone listening to your team out there. Is it the coaches and the messaging from them to buy in or is it the players buying in first? And I know it's a bit of both, but what would you say is, Nearly more important. It's a brilliant question, to Thank be you. honest. Yeah,
2: it's <laughs> a first good one today. No, 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 <laughs> no. It's
3: it, it is a really strong question, and 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 Trini Power, who's who's the head coach, she was looking for growth opportunities within herself. So, um, you know, she realised that she had me there as a resource. So I started taking on things that I didn't realise were, were you know part of the part of the deal, part of the plan, so to speak. But she started to apply a great deal of their language in meetings, and or the language that was adopted from us in in their meetings and and stuff. And if it if she felt like it was something that didn't really fit the model of HPM or whatever, she'd look at it, and and she wanted everything to to really work. And then that gives confidence to the players, and you know that's that's one thing that really helped. But I don't think that would have been cutthroat either, because the players would you know it was it was like. For the first time in their, probably professional careers that had someone that had come through and helped them make made sense mm. of how why they were thinking certain ways and why they were having certain feelings in performance. and mm. um, just to be there as someone um, to really help that with them and see them really adapt and really apply it was like it was so fulfilling for me. it was it was amazing.
0: What's the the end goal for you if you have that in mind? now like is it to work with a team specifically do you love working with different groups over over a year and and being inundated with different sort of athletes or is it do you want to work with one team
3: yeah it's something that i've i've contemplated a bit recently i i i certainly don't want to saturate like this space like i i want to make sure that everything i do is like full tilt investment and yeah. and make sure that it is that it gets results because i don't really want to compromise um but like particularly HPM has worked really really hard and, and she's got an amazing product and it's something that you, ne- you need to be able to have sort of time to be able to implement properly yeah. um but for me like as i said like I, i've got a bit of time so like next year in 2023 i'm going back to uni full-time and i'm yeah. i'm yeah yeah hooking into you know psychological sciences and i want to be able to have you know theories and and science behind me that you know make me more than the experiences that i've lived and and really grow in that facet and i think that that'll be a part of the process that helps me understand exactly what it looks like for me i'm not going to be uh emma murray as such like i think that we've got different skill sets and i think that we've both come to that realization i would love to emulate you You talk about emulating people i would love to emulate emma but i i'm just different in that sense and we're really excited about partnering some of that stuff going forward and having Mm -hmm. different skill sets but yeah i think the more that i invest in myself both personally but you know professionally in this space it'll help me sort of really iron out exactly what it looks like and i think it will be a bit of a combination of um you know, the mindset stuff with, the, with, the, with a bit of leadership and who, who I work with, they, like, I really need to align with them. Mm. And at this point in time, like, I do really align with the Hockey Roos and I'm loving that relationship. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll make sure that I, I don't just take on work just because it's you know, seen as an opportunity. It just, it just needs to make sure it really aligns. Have you
0: seen anything that you've nearly gone like, fuck, I want to reach out to work with those people? Like, is there been something that's picked up this year where you go, I would love a chance to work with this individual athlete or this player or this team because I think that I can I could help them.
3: Yeah, I I really think that Daniel Ricciardo would be a really good one. Mm. You know, he's obviously got an enormous amount of talent, and he's had a great deal of of stuff go go wrong for him at stages, and you know, he's he's got a fair bit of uncertainty around his future, and that would be. Like that that would be an enormous weight on his career, and he's he's also Australian. He's representing us in the F one, and he's obviously a character that people love. Um, but I think that his performance is substantially compromised by his set of circumstances right now. And if he could set his uh, you know attention and his intentions on the right things, I think that his results would really really improve. And like I think that he sort of deserves it. You know, I think. know privy to what we were talking about earlier that whole cause and effect Mm. life that i was living just living fully in the effect i think that he's probably doing a a bit of that at the moment um and yeah i think that if he got his attention more so back on what he's really
0: good at like he can he can still be one of the the best drivers in the world that's huge if because I know this is going to happen so I'm just going to have to talk to you about it now after this show there's going to be a lot of people think, fuck like can we work with Dave like is that a possibility at the moment or are you just you're sort of capping yourself at what you're up to
3: no I'm not I'm not capping myself like I'm a certain listener like yep. I'm a I'm a better person when I when I listen to opportunity and listen to perspective yep. and and also just get an understanding of why people think that it would be helpful for them mm. and I, I think the probably the first step that that is a catalyst for a lot of the conversation is that the people were they've got enough humility to be like hey i can really improve and i can really and grow in this facet and yeah it's going to help me with result but i i do see a little bit of a shortcoming in that and people to talk to around that you know like they're generally the sort of people that you you do want to work with so i wouldn't suggest that i'm putting an absolute cap on what i'm doing no and i and i am you know a, a certain listener a lot of the stuff goes through Emma and HPM yeah um, but yeah there's there's stuff that's sort of coming up and I, I'm yeah I, I I listen but yeah right now I'm I'm very cautious on what I can do because I need to allow myself opportunity to grow, to and, grow. and I certainly don't want to make sure you know I don't want to compromise the work that I am doing with existing you know clients and making sure that
0: I do, I, I really honor them well enough so exciting man mm. very exciting I've really enjoyed this this discussion today um, I've learned a lot from it like on, in all seriousness it's been super eye opening I think you should be super proud of yourself to be able to identify those things so I don't think a lot of people do um, and to be able to act on it and also the fact around the matter of like dominating in a space but still wanting to grow is such a big one like um, you know we actually spoke about as a team the other day as soon as you get comfortable in something you feel like you're there it's almost another kick to you know like fuck I need to learn something again you need to like keep growing and it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing with not just having the mindfulness training um, and performance training but then going do the psychology degree as well to actually have that theory behind you as well is it's huge it's absolutely huge I don't know many athletes that have been able to to do that after a successful career as well so it's really really impressive no I'm really grateful for that sentiment mate but
3: yeah and exactly what we spoke about before like like I really admire and acknowledge like what you do and I think that it's like it's good feel good stuff you know and you get you know you take the time to have conversation with people and you know you've got a a real a base of people a mm. community as you consider it and um yeah it's been an honor to be on the show um you're obviously probably a little bit dry on talent at the moment no not at uh, all but I, it, it has been it has been a um a, a privilege
0: to be here and um yeah I'm a I'm a Dylan friends fan, and I, I, I look forward to listening on. Thank you, man. You're definitely not short on talent. We were looking for this one for a while, and also, I wouldn't forgive me if I didn't bring this up. But you actually punched me one time. Uh, <laughs> we and we I think it was so before. Far. I we think got- it was before the change in you. So I didn't want to come back and end on this note, but you punched me, and I can't tell you how much that hurt. It was at Preston City Oval as well. Yeah, I think I remember the day so you've been I sitting there remember. the whole time as well I don't, I don't, knowing that you actually I think I don't you said some harsh words as well you. and I just want to say one other thing our good friend Sean Hampson yeah. after that I said oh you know Dave you hit me pretty hard you know does he want to be friends or anything and uh, Sean was like "No, nah, man I don't think he does and I was <laughs> like oh okay okay so I commend you from the growth of that moment forward as well now we can put that behind us yeah I'm, I'm a i'm remorseful about that yeah uh, and yeah.
3: um yeah like that's not a reflection no of, it's, I, really, I, not. I it's really not it's really i'm sure i wasn't
0: unprovoked <laughs> like I'm, I'm sure it was wasn't an unprovoked attack on you mate. no it wasn't and i think to, without you know rehashing the whole moment before we were talking a lot about performance and um in teams like bantering and talking and and saying things that you on the field that um are provoking of teammates and i think like at the end of the day like i was always when i was at my worst i was always talking the most shit. um and it's just like a direct correlation now going fuck you know you don't see the best players getting in stupid arguments on the field it's <laughs> always like the ones that are just like happy to be there well
3: you don't see the good players retaliating no the words you don't that either so You're like don't. I, i've got no doubt that it was probably at a time where i was as i said in that phase of my career where it's just like i felt like everything was against me yeah and when i was at my best like you're punching oh, I would, me I wouldn't have yeah. been too too <laughs> worried I probably would have had a laugh you, but we did get a long
0: way and just, you just couldn't
2: you just I could've could've on couldn't you couldn't keep it. that
3: off no, mic I couldn't I couldn't, you? We I couldn't move
0: on from that it really hurt but we, then we had the beer a few years later at the Unicorn in Sydney we, we which did. was great we I really enjoyed know. that um, consider it buried buried let's move on from here forward would love to have you a part of the community mate as much as, as you like because your messaging and, and just who you are is, is um, really admirable so I really appreciate your time love it Thanks again for having me. Thanks, you know. mate. Uh it's Bone, S D, Will, welcome to the pod. This is your first app.
2: It is my first in
0: step. in the studio live. Welcome to Will Murray. Now, Will, you're Emma's son. Yeah, actually, I am. Um, would well, how'd you enjoy it? You, you you've never listened to an episode before in your life. <laughs> oh, I listen to parts of multiple, <laughs> oh, but yeah. yeah. Um, he pretty much said nicely. He's like, yeah, I like. You know, I've listened to like ten minutes of one one. <laughs> like,
2: you probably should have said you don't it's, listen it's, to them at it's, all. It's, yeah, <laughs> no, nah, it's my attention span, not not your podcasting ability. No, nah, <laughs> yeah, appreciate. But, that. Um, how'd you enjoy it? No, nah, it was awesome. I'm like, like I know Dave. Um, pretty well. I've known him over the last few years because I was at the footy club a lot Um, with mum being there. Yeah. But it's cool. Like, you see a different side to both you and and the um person, the guest, and like, fuck, Dave's pretty... He, he speaks well. ...pretty um, intelligent.
1: I was thinking during it he could be like a politician. Yeah. I was like sort of mm.
2: getting me- mesmerised by his voice. Did you learn anything... Like, you said you know him pretty well. Did you learn anything today about him that you hadn't heard before? Well, I think how yeah, he was saying, you know, you want to... Um, you want to kind of like mirror someone who's like so like, in your eyes like perfect or doing something so well, but like from like from if you come down at my level like like as a fan or someone who's watching from an outside perspective, you think they're they're like the perfect person, mm. and you you know you have no idea who's actually like who the one that is struggling, and you know they want to they want to be someone, and then you want to be like them. So it's pretty cool seeing that he's someone you you know you can kind of relate to someone like that that you think is so, like, on top of things and, you know, they might not be. Perfect point.
0: Yeah. I think he's done this <laughs> before. <He's> done
1: <laughs> this <laughs> I was listening, <laughs> to, that. I was listening okay. to that and I was like, what am I going to say? Yeah, I don't <laughs> have anything as Me good too. as that. But
0: it's actually such a good point. Like, <laughs> really is. Anyone that we we have on the show, and this is why I like love doing it, like you talk mm. to people that, yes, are successful people, they've got all got a story, everyone's got a story, but then you go, fuck, these are just normal people, man. We all suffer. We all, like, uh, we all do well at similar things and we all struggle at similar things yeah, but it's definitely. how we then like what we do next from it mm. um s bone would you like
1: he, he he had a lot of self-reflection yeah i was thinking like did you, do you have that much self-reflection like i feel like whenever somebody comes on the show it's like they're really in touch with where they're going who they are all these things mm-hmm. and I, I think a lot of people listening would probably feel the same way it's like am i even like self-reflecting that much and am i growing from it it's a good point yeah, I
4: found it quite inspiring. He's really dedicating some time in his day very consciously to yeah, evaluate and think about those things. I think, um,
0: yeah, it was really inspiring. It's a really good question as well you, you ask, Sam. I think, like, with that pondering and going into yourself and um, working, I think it has to be, like, forced in a way and, like, he said, you know, there was probably times where before he'd met Emma and didn't know, you know, who he was or what he was, what his outcomes were. And he'd found like this new passion outside of things. I think we spoke about a lot. And it's always like a, a common theme through anyone, but like nearly the adversity that you face forces you to like think about other things differently. Is that? Yeah, is
1: definitely. That, nuts, that spot
0: on? Yeah, I think that's, yeah. What, well, that's what I got out of it anyway.
1: And then uh, the sheep shearing.
0: That was fucking yeah, weird that I was, must admit That was interesting That was weird And then the, even the intro <laughs> Well Keep
2: no, it in though I'm not going to lie though Like I could sit and watch those videos Oh yeah. okay. I love them How, How do they I get us so, He so started quick. looking at
0: me so weirdly And I was like This is bad I've just said I like watching sheep Do And then I couldn't work out What yeah. it was called yeah. And I was like Fucking shearing Like getting them sheared Going from a Work of like a dirty sheep To then they just shear it and I do see. I know
2: what you mean by that. It's like it's satisfying to watch. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they 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 they're it doing. It had no yeah. context into whatever the show was. Did I?
0: I, I really worried that I offended him when I was talking about Kane Lamb. And I said, "And like you, I didn't mean it in a way. <laughs> you know, I was saying you're under. No, he was of you up. Okay, thank you. Because yep. that, yeah, I was definitely. sort of meaning like you're underappreciated. You were underappreciated for mm. what you. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Okay,
1: good. What um. did you think of the uh, the cause and effect? He said he was living in the effect rather than the cause.
0: I, and love it. I that, feel like, is you that, know. that a message you get a lot? Like is that the one that the kids get at home from from mum?
2: Uh, it's actually funny. Mum's like... <laughs> she's not like that. She's, right? Yeah. <laughs> like we kind of take the piss out of a bit. because she, She's all about that A game, B game stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if like, you know, if someone's in trouble, like one, like one of the, it's usually the younger kids. They're like, oh, get your fucking A game on, like, <laughs> like, 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 piss off. Bro. Dave spoke heaps about your
4: mum then, in, in often quite glowing terms. Mm. And when you were sitting there listening, are you thinking, oh, it's really cool? My mum does great stuff. Or you're like, my mum's so embarrassing. Like, she's I, still so no, lame.
2: I, like, it's it's really it's really cool. But it's like the question I get the most is like, oh, do you know, do you like? Does your mum help you with that stuff? I've always been like, no, because because you know, I played sport growing up, and that was kind of like in my last years of playing sport that was when mum was starting to get really into her like yeah. um into her like the coaching like the mindfulness coaching and even mum earlier i would be like oh you know you can i can do a session with you i'm like mm, no, nah, not really like i'd rather you just be my mum not my yeah bloody mindfulness coach yeah, yeah. Fair but um but then to hear it from someone else and you know it's um because i see i see the amount of work mum puts in so it's kind of like i'd it's not like it's paying off because, like, it's kind of happened in the last few years. But um, I don't know. It's just cool, it's just, you know, her work, her works helping people, and now to see Dave kind of um trying to follow, kind of in her footsteps, doing the, the same work. It's like, you know, Mum's bringing a light to something that is huge needs a big light on it. It'd be a cool like space to work in because I feel
1: like they're always just going a bit further and a bit further. Like he said, he wants to kind of come up with new theories and. Have the education and the you know the the degrees to kind of back that up. It's pretty. It'd be pretty cool to work in an industry no, where you you know you're on the precipice all the time of doing something new. I feel
2: like it just opens a lot of doors. Like there's yeah. endless doors to open. Mm. And like you know Dave said, he's got a different skill set, so he can go down whatever path he wants to. Yeah. Oh, I don't
0: know how he does a study. Like.
1: Yeah, you seem surprised by his
0: study. I was. Um. Like, I didn't know that he'd done like all the stuff before it, like the mm. engineering and the MBA before doing. I thought it was sort of like just. Going that into psychology, which was, which is crazy, because I'm, I don't know we spoke a lot about individual. And the, to be honest, the one thing I love what he said the most going into that was when I was like, "Oh, do you have any like tidbits that you can like share that have been good for you?" And he's like, "Oh, I wouldn't recommend doing that because you got to find what's good for you." And I, I love that because, and that's where you know Emma and it's obviously a high performance mindfulness thing is they don't pretend to have the answers. They're just like you got to work it out for yourself. Um, what's best for you? Because I think in this space, which you know, it goes without saying, um, it can get very repetitive and you can get a lot of people thinking that they're sort of recycling the same stuff, but I think the best people at it, which is Emma and obviously
4: Dave, what he's been doing is like, they just give you the tools and then work it out yourself. Mm. Mm. The other really interesting point about that emulation, like the, what would you say to a young Dave Asprey? Yeah. To, talking about he was always trying to emulate the people that were doing that he's perceived to be really great at the club and that was to detriment to his own self because yeah. he wasn't letting the the true Dave Asprey come out.
1: Loved it. I liked what you said about recalibrating goals, actually. Did you like that? Yeah, because it makes a lot of sense. If people make these like long-term goals for themselves or... Have like a vision for themselves for like the next five years and you really do have to change it mm. And because a don't. lot
0: of your goals and to be honest i'll credit ali it's an episode that we've got in a couple of weeks who i speak a lot about with him he's a guy that came to scotland with us for the mm-hmm. golf who's a ceo of future golf he spoke about this a lot and it's it's so cool they do this thing called like recalibrate where yeah basically everything you like even your fashion and the shoes you wear and the things that you do is a lot of like who you wanted to be as a kid so you mm-hmm. think like i want to be that person i want to do this in my life but if you don't recalibrate and go like fuck, is that actually still who I am and what I want to do? Then it doesn't. You're going for goals that aren't actually aligning with where you are. Yeah,
1: mm. it's kind of like that thing where you go, if I was 15, I saw where I am now, I'd be, I'd be stoked like this is a great situation, but it's just like, what do I want now?
0: Yeah, yeah, or even like in, even like really broadly, it's like, going, all right, I made it. Um, 16, when I grow up, I want to be a doctor. And I want to live in this area. And then you get there and you're like, oh, fuck, do I actually still want to be a doctor in this field? Or like, do I want to go study in this or live in a different state? Or anyway, I don't know.
2: No, I reckon those, those little changes, the most refreshing, I reckon. Yeah. They're good. I've been
4: and, I've been keeping in a little bit. Oh, yeah. My Nuffy. Yeah, can I right. let it out? Oh, he's out there. Yeah, oh, kanga, 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 kanga. <laughs> <yeah>. Big, big <laughs> Richmond fan. Yeah. Big Dave Asprey fan. You were sweating in the corner. Uh, yeah, I yeah. was. It yeah. <laughs> um, feels very special to be here listening to him on this, um, <laughs> this and even talking about him. Yeah. It. No, it's <laughs> not it? weird. No, it let me let somewhere? it out. Yeah, it's yeah, going okay. somewhere. Okay. Raw. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, now you've made me lose no, my no, train of thought. Sorry. See um, your favorite player. Well, I got very emotional when he retired. Yeah. Um, it's a okay. brilliant, brilliant retirement speech. Yeah. Um, the first of the premiership players to kind of retire. It really hit me in the feels. Um, but it was great hearing him talking about that transition from 2016 to 2017, sort of as a Richmond fan, mm. like, me all that stuff stick yeah. it straight into my arm <laughs> <Yeah>. Um <laughs> <You> t- <laughs> I hope about, he's not reading your book that you got yeah, out there well, I the did bring in the premiership Conrad years. Marshall oh my Premiership gosh. Years book and he's actually sitting at the desk he's and he's, sitting out he's going now we better get out of here, here so you can get a nice little photo with yeah. him right? and a little That's autograph, That's a little true. message yeah. in the
1: front page yeah. like yeah. he wrote it
4: yeah, yeah. <laughs> well okay Yeah, we'll get out here and get a photo the last thing I wanted to say was um the focus on the things that you do great as a Richmond fan you always talk about like that there was this shift all of a sudden to what 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 are you great at? Uh, and it was just great hearing him talk about that mm. at a personal level and sort of how that translated to the team as well. I love that. That's I'd something really, you always talk about. Um,
0: like I didn't. Yeah, it, I think I probably speak about it from like not doing it very well. Yeah, that's what yeah, it makes like he, he did it, um, which is good. No, I, I really enjoyed it. It was pretty funny as well. Like I don't know, you was, you, you were laughing a couple of times. There were some funny bits. Yeah, it was funny.
2: Um, Sometimes your you funny wheel went He's really good. <laughs> great, really yeah, good. very good. I'll any nah, back anytime. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't reckon. No? No. no, I don't think so, no. man. I don't know. just no. sit in the corner and watch. It <laughs> <laughs> well.
0: Mate, we'll get you on. Um, yeah, whatever you want to do, but we loved. Uh, we loved having you in. So
2: anytime. Any yeah, time. it was wicked. Mm. No, awesome. I loved the. I loved yeah. the vibe here. Yeah, it's a bit of a vibe, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what back. we're cultivating here. Yeah, it's a vibe. No. Just a massive vibe. Manifesting. Good yeah. oh, yeah. work. It love you guys. Fun.
0: I really love you guys. Kiss, kiss. Killed it. Yeah, let's do it. No, I didn't do it, man. It's a team effort sounds uh, going to drive it, but... Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another Producey podcast. If you enjoyed the show, that'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell, leave a review, or even share with one of your friends, or you could do them all. If you want to get in touch to share feedback, suggest a guest or advertise with one of our podcasts then email hello at Thanks for tuning in. Ily Easter. Four days of outdoor adventures, work in the garage or doing stuff around the home or even in the garden. You gotta love that. Bring on the jobs and pile them up. 101 long weekend jobs ready to tackle. You could be in the outdoors, putting your four-wheel drive to the test, tearing down an internal war or maybe putting a new one up, or even repurposing an old wine barrel for an outdoor table. Whatever the task over Easter, Trojan Tools are up for the job. Trojan Tools. Quality tools at DIY prices backed by a lifetime warranty. Available in-store or online at Bunnings Warehouse. Trojan. Tools built tough. The AFL season is underway, and you can now watch every game of every round live on KO. Games of the round include Carlton vs Richmond on Thursday night. These games don't get much bigger than this, and no matter where these teams are on the ladder, it's always a blockbuster. On Friday night, it's Collingwood vs Sydney. Speaking of big games, these two do not play a bad one, especially with Brody Grundy and Taylor Adams now playing for the Swans against their old mob, the Pies. And on Saturday afternoon, it's Essendon vs Hawthorne. The line in the sand. Gee whiz, this could be exciting citing two young up-and-coming teams. Watch live now with no ad breaks in play. 4K capabilities have arrived. You can now watch selected AFL games in detail so clear you think you're part of the action. New to KO? Get on board and start your free trial today.